Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> What's up, Deadhead crew? Ed here, and on this episode, I sat down with Jason Klein. He is one half of the Brandios team. We talked about the process in which the team goes in, uh, decides to how they're going to approach a, uh, a logo. We discussed the Seal Slingers and the Fish Sticks, a very tough battle that happened uh, during the summer. Still, uh, still a little hurt, guys, but um, we're going to prevail right here with the Seal Slingers. I'm not letting go of that one. And then finally, we discussed the uh, Puerto Rico uh, Baseball Winter League um, and then how they came up with two logos for the league and one of the teams down there. So without further ado, guys, I give you the episode. All right. Well, I want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Deadhead Chronicles. Obviously, I'm Ed. And with me today, I have a very special guest for you guys. I have, well, half of Brandio's, Mr. Jason Klein. How are you doing, my man? Fantastic. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be a great episode. Yes, I, you, I, I'm very excited. Obviously, as you can tell by my voice right now, I'm like totally going to be geeking out on this. So I do apologize ahead of time for all the uh, five or six listeners. <laughs> um, no, no, this is going to be the greatest podcast ever. You got that right. It is. <laughs> um, all right. So the first question that I ask everybody is pretty simple. Um, growing up as a kid, uh, obviously, the two of you, um, what was the one thing that got you, you know, hooked on sports, on baseball specifically? What, you know, how did you uh, become a fan? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, growing up here in San Diego, um, you know, we had the Padres, we had the Chargers, and I know we went to a lot of Padres games when we were younger. And one of the things that may be surprising, but it wasn't what was happening on the field, but it was what was happening off the field and um we were in the heyday growing up as kids when the san diego chicken was here the you know the famous uh, san diego chicken mascot yep. and no matter what was going on on the field the crowd was captivated by um this giant <laughs> blue and red and yellow chicken <laughs> that was doing these antics in the crowd and you know, he would do stuff that was just outrageous and the, he would captivate the entire crowd and the entire crowd was laughing. And I think, um, you know, that combined with, you know, the Padres, you know, they were in the bean and cheese era where they were wearing right. brown and gold and there was a little bit of orange in there. It was just, you know, there was so much color, um, you know, both in the antics and, you know, in the uniforms that it was a fun time here in San Diego. And I just, I remember getting into that. I remember, um, you know, at Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors, ice cream, they were giving yes. out these like NFL football helmet, ice cream Sundays where you would get like, you know, and I would go in and I remember getting the New York jets 
and I was really into airplanes as a kid. And oh, so, yeah, perfect. so I was like, oh man, the Jets, there's a team called the Jets. I didn't know anything. And so I was <laughs> like, yeah, this is amazing. And so um, we made home videos where we got like our like stuff. I don't know what you call them today. Stuffies, I think you call them today or plush dolls or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, like I had like, I think it was like Alvin and the Chipmunks. We put the helmets on them and, and Casey and I would like orchestrate uh, home video. Like our Casey's dad would record on his his like VHS camcorder, us <laughs> making like fake movies with these these like stuffed animals playing with these ice cream helmets, and it was just um, I think I was really captivated by um, not just like the game, but how we dressed up the game, how yeah. we celebrated the game, how we the pageantry, the antics, you know, the famous chicken, the mascots, the you know, all of this cultural stuff that we create around the game that identifies each team differently and how we celebrate our communities and how we celebrate the stories and the legends. I think that that's my earliest memory of, you know, how we got to where we are today. You know, it's funny you say that because a lot of us, you know, in, in this minor league community that, you know, we're part of and everything is, Yes, we love the what's on the on the field, right? Obviously, you know, yes. with affiliated baseball, you have a lot of those players that have no choice but to be there. So for us fans, what we also pay attention to is those logos, the uniforms. And, right. and November is the most wonderful month there is, right? Because it's logo November. <laughs> you guys right. are you guys are big, big part of that. So growing up, you know, when I came, you know, first when I came from, you know, from Puerto Rico and I, I went to my first major league baseball game is I'm noticing the jerseys, I'm noticing the hats and all yeah. that, like you said, the pageantry on the field. And that's what really got me hooked. The game actually, you know, came afterward, afterwards, but not the, the game itself is everything that was surrounding it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, what I love about it is that unlike, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to take away from the game, but what happens on the field, you know, players can be traded. Um, you know, stats are stats. There are personalities of each individual player. Yep. But, you know, the game is pretty, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> consistent. Yep. And what separates Boston from New York or LA from San Diego is the stories that we tell off the field about what happened on the field and right. the, the way that we, um, you know, uh, celebrate our local culture, how we infuse that into the ballpark experience, um, how we, uh, you know, color and dress the, the, the stadium and yep. the players and the, you know, uh, the, the mascots and the music and all of that stuff is what makes being a Yankee fan different from being a Red Sox fan. Agree. Totally I mean, agree. It boils down to it. That's what it is. It's what happens. It's how we, it's the stories that we tell about what happens on the field. Even if those players are interchangeable, um, the stories are not interchangeable. Like, that, the, you know, the colors correct. are not interchangeable. The, uh, you know, the, you know, the mascots, the, the celebrations, how we do what we do inside the ballpark is not interchangeable. So you can swap, you can trade players, you can move the players between, you know, you can take all the Yankee players and send them to Boston, take all the Boston players and send them to, to New York. And, you know, the stories yep. that we tell ourselves about what's happening in that park cannot be interchangeable. 
and players move so much nowadays. It's just yeah. so hard to keep up. But buying a jersey with the Yankee logo on it or Boston logo on it, even if it doesn't have a name, it's much better than getting a, you know, for example, any kind of put any name of any player, right? And then uh, the next season or, have, you know, into the season, like here in Cleveland, we've had a lot of that, right? And they're gone. So, yeah, right. And, and I think that, you know, like um, the thing that, I love is that a Yankees cap not only stands for the Yankees and Babe Ruth and, you know, Joe DiMaggio and, yep. and the, and, you know, decades of, of Yankees baseball, but it stands for things that you, that are intangible, you know, things like Jay-Z things like even nine 11, like yeah. it's so connected to that Yankees logo that it, it stands for the heart and soul of New York as it, much as it does for the Yankees. And that is very is, New York. Yes. And that is the ultimate goal of everything that we create and everything that I would hope that every sports team in America does is that we want that logo, not just to stand for that team, but to stand for that city and a spirit and an ideal and a community. And that people can rally behind that because that's what says Cleveland. That's what says San Diego more than anything else out there. I love when I go to, when I go to, you know, we would go to LA and I see somebody wearing an SD hat. Yep. I say, oh, are you a Padre fan? And they go, no, I'm a San Diegan first. I love <laughs> that. I love that. It represents the city, the town that you're in. And that's, exactly. and that's what I love about it. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, I want to ask you something, because obviously the two, you, the, both you and Casey, you know, started the company together fr- in college and all that. And I've, I've seen all that. And a lot of us have heard the story, right? You sent 150 letters and only one was uh, the one that they got back to you, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let me ask you, uh, how, how as you guys handled, is there a, how did you handle the, the rejection, right? Because it made you guys better, you know, in my opinion, yeah. right? Cause you guys grew from that. So how that rejection, you know, shaped the way that you guys approach everything going forward after when you guys received those letters. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, when we started out of our college dorm rooms, I remember every one of my friends was going off uh, graduating and getting these incredible jobs, high paying jobs. And, uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, was like, oh, man, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> um, we were not making any money. And we were sending letters to every sports team. I mean, l- like most people, we thought, oh, the dream job would be due to major league worker, NFL worker, NBA mm-hmm. work. And so one of the things about the way that works uh, at the big leagues is it works. Um, the, the, the front office, usually in New York, controls all of the design for all the teams. And so um, there's usually one gatekeeper at the league who controls 30 teams. So if that person has an existing relationship or, you know, they get letters and phone calls all the time because everybody wants to do pro sports work. um, If that one gatekeeper doesn't anoint you, you don't get the work. You're not going to do the work. And so you have thousands of wolves going after one piece of meat and i thought this is silly and so uh we i uh, i was at the university of alabama on a mascot scholarship and <laughs> the uh yeah i was the elephant i was big al- elephant for a couple of years that's awesome and the woman the, yeah the, the woman who was uh, in charge of policing the use of the alabama logos said jason your work is great like have you thought about doing minor league baseball and i i don't think i'd ever been to, maybe i've been to a minor league baseball game but I had never thought about it. She's like, oh, there's a lot of teams. And so we did, we sent 100, 
50 letters. And, you know, here I am, you know, coming out of college, my girlfriend thinks that, you know, I should get a real job. All my friends are, you know, having successful careers right out the gate. And Casey and I are not making anything. And to make it even worse, we're sending 150 letters and every, uh, you know, every club is, and every club is just rejecting us. And yeah. Like, yeah. And the line we got over and over again was, Hey, we're happy with, with what we got, or we're happy with the firm that we're working with, or we're happy with, it was just, I was so frustrated. And so, um, I, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to figure out how to sell better. Mm. And I, I knew that our work was just as good. Um, the other thing that I realized too was design was subjective. And so I couldn't, and this is the biggest mistake that designers do is they go in and they think that the logos the team has are not attractive and that they can do a better job of making something more attractive. And they go and they try to convince that owner, hey, you know, aesthetically, your design is not very good. And so therefore I can do a better job. Well, what they don't realize is that owner has an emotional attachment. Uh, that, that owner has an emotional attachment to that, um, that brand. The, the fans have an emotional attachment. So it doesn't matter if you think it's the ugliest logo on earth. You're not going to win by trying to convince somebody that their logos are unattractive. It just doesn't mm -hmm. work. Um, so uh, two things that I did. One is I realized we had to get really good at selling. Um, and Casey went and sort of handled the design. And I went and I learned everything I could about selling, everything I could about selling us, our services, what we could do. Um, I also learned about, I literally investigated every design firm out there that was doing the type of work that we were doing and interviewing their clients, um, how they approach things. I wanted to know, hmm. you know, what the standard was of, cause we were young, we were college kids. I wanted right. to know who the best was how they did what they did, because I wanted to make sure that not only were we more relevant um, to the market, but I wanted to make sure that we um, were different, that we could offer, offer something different and more relevant. And that was the two things that I want to do something different and more relevant um, and provide a, you know, a new opportunity for clubs. And one of the things that we realized was retail sales was such a huge, um, agreed. Yeah. I mean, it was everything. And so instead of focusing on design, we focused on what was it going to take to get clubs, um, at the time into the seven figure club, which means, um, we were going to figure out what the, the, the framework was, what the playbook was to get them to sell a million dollars uh, of merchandise in the launch year. And um, so every year over the past 20 years, we test and we, you know, the, the first thing was we had to be as good as, we had to provide an experience that was equal to every other design firm that was out there. And that mm -hmm. was the first thing that we did was figure out what they do and do it equally. And then the second thing we had to do was figure out how to, how to, do it different. Um, right. And then how, and then how to figure out what it was going to take to, to make a, to do a million dollar launch. And that was, um, that was our focus for 20 years was how do we get to the million dollar launch? And then, um, you know, uh, 
every year we get better. We tweak, we try things. Some things don't work very well. Um, and we keep tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. And ultimately, um, I, I mean, it was in, it was in the newspaper, it's public knowledge, but the rocket city trash pandas did, I think $4 million in yeah. merchandise sales and their launch year. Um, and it was because we just focused on what, what it took, what it took to get there. And ultimately, um, that was the best sales tool is that if you can help clubs get into the seven figure club, you're going to get more work. And I think the, the thing that I, that I didn't realize when we started, it had nothing to do with design. Uh, you know, I was just going to say, it's like, so you guys just went through the store instead of going through the, you know, the, the front office, you guys went, it's like, we're going to go ahead and we're going to approach you guys through the store and tell you and, and show you guys, you guys can be making a whole lot more by just making small tweaks here and there. Yes, exactly. Because you just, it, it, um, it is, and it was, it was, um, you know, how we do the launch, how mm-hmm. we get fans excited, how we do everything. We really broke down what it took and, um, and ultimately, you know, I, I just, I realized, um, early on, we were at the baseball winter meetings in new Orleans and this was like 2003. And I looked at Casey one day and I asked him, I said, do you think we do good work? And he says, it doesn't matter. And I was like, what do you mean? It doesn't matter. Like, you like <laughs> at the time Casey was doing most of the design. He goes, it doesn't matter what I think because design is subjective. Yeah. You might think it's the greatest logo on earth. Um, you might think it's not the greatest logo on earth. He goes, we have to change how we measure success because we can't measure success on something that's subjective. And listen, if you, if I was, you know, back to the New York Yankees, if I was to design the New York Yankees logo, an N and a Y, the way that it looks now, then the New York Yankees did not exist. And what I'm going to say is going to sound blasphemous. The New York Yankees logo aesthetically is not, necessarily a great logo no it's not it's not a necessarily great logo what it represents and the equity that it's gained over time and the emotion that it's baked into that logo makes it incredibly powerful it's an incredibly powerful logo and it is the most um uh, valuable sports logo on planet earth is that ny aesthetically I don't think it's necessarily great. Now, one of the great things that, you know, most, like maybe, maybe your listeners may not know this, but the New York Yankees actually have three different NYs that they use. They do. They have three different NYs. They have the cap logo. They have uh, the, the jersey logo. Uh, gosh, there's one more application. But I know they have three different uses. And so even, you know, the, the most valuable logo on planet Earth like has three different versions of different itself. variations of the same logo. Yeah. So someone's oh. like, Oh, it's like, it's aesthetically beautiful. I'm like, okay, which one is aesthetically beautiful? Well, all, wait, wait, there's three versions. Yeah, there's three <laughs> versions. Well, all three are beautiful. Right. Like, well, you know, it's like me sitting down and saying to three different people, like I have an N and a Y and I want it to be sort of overlapped and, and then go. And then we, you know, we, we, then we have a contest between three different logos and we say, who, which one's the best? And somebody goes, no, all three of them are amazing. It's like, well, wait a second here. Like, wait, you know, <laughs> right. we're going to use them all. So, so it just goes to show that, that um, aesthetics are subjective. Yeah, and it's it is. What, it, it's what we put, the stories that we attach to those marks that make them so powerful. 
you're absolutely right because I may think that one logo is great uh, when other people think that the logo is just not doing anything for them. You exactly. know, it's that's actually what's going on here in Cleveland right now with their major league ball club, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, um, we're gonna go ahead and move on because uh, I'm not happy with the logo. Um, <laughs> Um, so, so let me ask you, because obviously you've done 20 years of work already, right? So you've, you've tried and you've, you know, done some things tweaked here and, and here and there. And I recently had a conversation with, um, uh, Justin, uh, Moser, the, uh, co-owner yeah. of the, um, of the Duff, uh, Duff Sea Fish Sticks now, right? I love Justin. Oh, such a great dude. I love that guy. Um, but what you know when i had him on the podcast we we're talking about he was like hey listen we were we're a small collegiate woodbat league you know we couldn't compete with a lot of the other teams and then we did, we had a specific budget and then you know you guys came up with this idea of a fight between seal slingers and fish sticks my yeah. team seal slingers lost right but you know they're both great logos and it like how did you guys you know come about that because i'll be honest it's genius yeah, you know, um, it was it was interesting because one of the things we 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 do is we always like to have options. Normally, in a traditional uh, launch, we have a name the team contest where we will narrow it down to a handful of team names, and ultimately, um, you know, one comes out of it. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we have these other names which we have protected that we thought to ourselves, you know, like well we can do what could have been nights. So mm -hmm. what, what could have been night is, is one game during a year, maybe a couple of games, we will say, well, what if the number two name of the contest became the actual name? And we're going to like, what if in a, in a fantasy world, there were, you know, the name that, that came in second place was the actual name. Let's create a whole identity for that name. And then, you know, and do a, what could have been night. And somewhere along the way, we were, um, you know, we were think we were talking with Justin, we were brainstorming and uh, we were thinking, gosh, how do we, what, what if we switched it up? What if we took what could have been nights uh, and made them part of the launch? So what we did was we said, all right, what if there's these two names and which one's going to sell, you know, which one's going to perform better in retail? We don't know. So why don't we put both out there and let, the community decide, let, let retail sales dictate, you know, like, well, what do we know? Like, the, like, let's just let the community decide. And ultimately uh, fish sticks came out um, on top by a slim margin, but it was a fascinating thing we've never done before. Um, we love doing things that have never been done before. And that was one of the things where we said, let's put it out there. Let's let folks vote with um, retail sales. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, ultimately fish sticks came out on top. It was great. I mean, the 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 amount of talk from you know fans overall that I've connected yeah. with has been it's like, you know what? Either way, it was great, right? There was some good bantering. Even here in my house, I was Seal Slingers fan, and then my wife was a fish sticks fan, right? So <laughs> and it, it came down to you know a house being divided because of a, a logo <laughs> you guys created and and yeah. and the way that it was marketed was put out there and then and it just took a life of its own. Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was so fun. Um, you know, uh, I think we're going to find some fun stuff to do with seal slingers. I don't think it's, it's, uh, you know, if you bought your seal slingers merchandise, oh, I got it. Don't you worry. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. We'll, we'll, uh, 
yeah, we'll we'll find some fun activities for you along down down the road. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome. All right, so let me ask you about my other, you know, because I was doing a little bit of research, and then this one came up, and I totally forgot about it. Was um, the professional baseball league in Puerto Rico, the Roberto Clemente? Yeah. Um, first of all, like I said, I am a huge fan of the league, and then also when you guys designed this new logo, I was, I'm, you know, I was already in you know, count me in for this one. Cause this one was a good one. Uh, how, and then obviously you guys also work with uh, my Jaguar, the Indios. Yes. So h- how did you guys just, you know, how that happened? Yeah. Yeah. So I got a, I got a phone call. Uh, gosh, it was during the pandemic from um, Jose Feliciano who's a good friend of ours. He is the president of uh, the Indios. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, listen, we are, uh, you know, we are one of the like most pop, you know, there's a sort of rivalry between, um, oh, uh, Santurce and mm-hmm. Mayagüez and, um, you know, sort of the Red Sox Yankees of Puerto Rico. And um, I'll let them decide which one's which. But uh, I, he said, you know, like we're, we're a classic team. We have a lot of heritage and we we want to take our identity to the next level. We want to celebrate some of the classic things that we um, that we are known for, and we want to create new things. Um, and so we, yeah. So I, during the pandemic, um, got my uh, my clearance, got on a plane, went down to uh, Mayagüez in Puerto Rico, and spent a couple of days meeting with staff and fans and community leaders, and really uncovering. Um, you know, the heart and soul of that team and what made uh, the Indios uh, special. And so um, we did a couple things for them. Number one is they have these, they have classic uniforms. They've had a lot of different lettering over the years and a lot of different variations. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to give them a major league look. Um, So one of the things that we did was uh, create the, uh, the new letter Jersey lettering that was in, inspired by some of the, the historical stuff from the seventies, a lot of stuff from the seventies. We like really modernized. We gave them their own proprietary, uh, team font. So now they have, uh, you know, it's very block. It's very sort of has that old school, um, reference to the three stripe, uh, you know, yeah. uh, burgundy gold, uh, stripes that they had back in the seventies. So the lettering feels that way. The jersey lettering feels that way. The font feels that way. They have a new script that we brought in. Um, so that so that was some of the major league stuff we did. The other thing that they they um, they do not own their own walk around character. So they have a um, oh man, I want to say the character's name is Bravine. Maybe um, I could be mistaken, but they have a walk around character. But it's not a character that they own. It mm-hmm. is a like a, a, a Mayagüez sports character mm-hmm. um and so uh one of the things that they're known for is they're known as the city of mangoes That's right. and so um we created this new character named manguito and Mangu- <laughs> yes you did manguito is uh, a mango kind of like you know in the spirit of mr red legs or mr matt or the swinging friar and we we purposely created manguito to look like it was created maybe in the 40s and 50s so it has an old school feel because we because this is a classic franchise. We didn't want to create a modern character. We wanted to create a character that looked like it's been around for as long as the team has. That was classic. Right. Um, so we made the you know the character has the feel, like that feel that's been around for 50, 60 years. 
and uh, you know almost like it's always been there but we never you know we forgot about it or like we you know it hasn't been celebrated dusted so, off and, um, and brought it back out yeah we brought it back out so there's a lot of like classic sort of um mid-century feeling you'll get from from manguito uh so we did manguito um what else do we work we're working a lot of like celebration um we also um you know, uh, you know, one of the things too, like the Indians are going for with the guardians was, you know, their, their imagery was, was for the past couple of decades was very native American focused. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and one of the things, um, you know, that I am all about when it comes to native Americans in representation in sports is, um, over the years, we've had bad representation of yeah. Native Americans in sports. And the opposite, in my experience, is not no representation, it's good representation. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to go down a side path too much, but um, we worked with the uh, Spokane Indians, mm-hmm. minor league baseball team. Uh, that was a collaboration, uh, one of the first between the local tribe, the Spokane tribe, and um, the Spokane Indians Baseball Club, which is named after the tribe. And uh, they've been around for 100 years. And it was a collaboration between the tribe and us and the team to create something that was good representation, that was authentic. Um, and we're in, a, we're in a season where uh, the everybody is running and hiding from controversy. They just want to run and hide under a desk. They want to like, you know, yep. they don't, you know, uh, they, they don't want any, they don't want any, you know, negative press. Mm-hmm. And so instead of going, um, you know, running from bad representation and running to good representation, they're running to no representation. Um, <laughs> and I think that, it. Um, you know, the, the Florida State Seminoles and the Seminole Tribe with um, Florida State University and their relationship is also a great model. So I, um, in the spirit of that, we had just gotten done um, celebrating uh, the Spokane Tribe. All their uniforms are in Salish, which is yep. their, their, their Native American language, uh, their, or excuse me, tribal language. And, um, you know, there was a, a the Jersey is, was, was, the project was such a testament to collaboration and doing good representation well, that the jersey is in the permanent collection of the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's so, awesome. Um, so whenever we're, we're challenged with um, a representation uh, project, we're always thinking, how do we do this well? How do we how do we do good representation, not eliminate this from history? Um, and so one of the things that um, when we went when I went to to Mayaguez, uh, you know, they had um, not only was it bad representation of Native Americans, but pl- they were Plains Native Americans, which are completely like on the other side of the world. Right, from exactly. Puerto Rico. Right? Yeah, it, total misrepresentation, total like to- the I, wrong- It wasn't even bad. It was bad and misrepresentation. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, so we sat down and I was thinking like, how, what are we going to do? Because, you know, you have this classic name, the Indios, we're not going to do that. And I, and I was talking with the staff and I said, okay, like what is our equivalent here in, um, mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico? And uh, oh, yeah. it, it's the Tainos. Tainos, right? that's right. Yeah, so the Tainos. And I, and I you know, I, was, I, I wasn't as familiar and, I, and, and the staff was, was teaching me. 
And they said, um, well, you know, like the Tainos were the, um, were the indigenous people who were here um, before uh, the Spanish came, before, um, uh, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, All the slave trade and everything. The slave trade, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I said, I said, well, you know, and, 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 um, and I said, well, you know, uh, well, like, what does it mean to be Puerto Rican? And you said, and, and to be Puerto Rican, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm generalizing here, is that we are, we are uh, uh, blood uh, Taino, we are um, African, and we are Spanish. All three. Like those, those three, the, the Taino, the African, and the Spanish, like that's what makes us, you know, Puerto Rican. Um, obviously, I'm generalizing. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But no, you're doing was... a good job because that's, okay, right. that's how I so say I it. Is I get it. We're 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 a nation. We're three, right? We're we're the Taínos. Wait, right? a lot of people. Oh, we're Indians. No, no, no. Taínos, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, yeah, and then no, African. I, and I'm not. And I'm not Puerto Rican, so I don't. I don't speak for the Puerto Ricans. <laughs> I don't. I want to make sure that you know, Ed. You know, slap me across the face if I if I make a misstep. <laughs> you are good. You are good. Okay. My friend. Uh, but um, but I said, okay. Well, what if we? you know, like, um, is there like a, a, a Taino council? And, uh, you know, the, the team sort of laughed at me and they said, there's not, that it doesn't like, Mm-mm. there's yeah. not, uh, it's not the same. It's not the no. same as going to the Spokane tribe and no. meeting with the Spokane tribal elders and saying, tell us these stories. Um, they were all, you know, we were all Taino. We're all, you know, it's in our blood. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, I thought, okay, well, you know, what, what are we going to do? So I said, um, I need to make sure that we do this authentically. And I said, um, w- if we're going to do this, we need to do, it needs to be authentic. It needs to be authentic celebration of, of, of my ways. And so, um, uh, the team connected me with a, uh, a, a Taino expert at the local university. And we spent, um, several days back and forth having conversations about how to make this authentic. Um, and they said, you know, um, they really wanted, um, because the, they really wanted a Taino warrior to be yep. the, the emblem. And, you know, I, you know, I'm sitting here going, ah, and, and, and it's, it wasn't my, it wasn't my story. It wasn't, I wasn't the subject matter. I, I had really leaned on them to educate me and to say, you know, because, you know, here, in, you know, in, in the States, it's like, if you were to say, oh, we want to do a native American warrior, there are implications to that. Very you much know? So, yeah. and, and it's, and you have to be very, uh, yeah, you have to be sensitive to that. I think Florida State's done a great job of that, but I, I just, I'd be candid. Like, I wasn't sure I was on the fence. Like, are we, you know, what is this? And I said, no, no, it is their story to tell. We are, we are celebrating their story. And they said, they want to do Taito Warrior. And so we went back and forth about um, conversations about the, um, uh, the markings, mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, the, the nose pieces, the earrings. Um, we went back and forth about making sure it's authentic, having references, um, both artistic references from Puerto Rican artists that we referenced, but also ensuring that, um, you know, there are even statues that Puerto Ricans had erected to Taino warriors that we referenced Correct. them in that um, and, and did our very best to do two things. One, make it authentic. Mm-hmm. And to, two, to let the Puerto Rican um, uh, experts and, uh, and, and Puerto Ricans tell us Right. What, what story they wanted told that represented them. Mm-hmm. 
And so that it's it's beautiful. It's I mean that that uh, logo is top notch. It's it's a really good representation. I'll say that I you know when you think of a Taino, this is and you and you want to make a a a baseball team out of it. That's right there. And you guys, the collaborations that you guys did, it's amazing because it it came out really well, really well done. And like I said, it made me, I was, I, w- I was a little nervous. I was can- <laughs> nervous because if you, you know, if you come and you try to design, because here's the thing, every year or every so often there'll be the Super Bowl in San Diego um, or there'll be the, you know, the, uh, you know, an all-star game. Mm-hmm. And as a San Diegan, I can look at the artwork and say, you got it right or you got it wrong. <laughs> you know, right. I, I, I can say that. And I don't. I don't, I know that for, for us as designers that go around the country and, you know, sell it, uh, telling other people's stories, I understand the challenge and the burden that is on uh, the designer to make sure that the story feels like that community or that tells that community story. And, um, but in the season that we're in, where there's so much fear about, you know, and, and, you know, me sort of falling into that fear of getting it wrong, you know, of doing bad representation, you know, I didn't, I knew that no representation wasn't the answer, but I wanted to make sure we were doing it well. And so I'm glad to hear at least, at least, um, uh, Ed as, as, uh, as a Puerto Rican that I have one endorsement from you that we, we, uh, we got it right. I uh, know, man, this thing is beautiful. It's, it's, it, and again, and, and it's like, it's what you say, right? It's a good representation. Are there going to be people that are going to be unhappy? Well, obviously that's, sure. that's just how sure. it goes. There's, you can't do anything about that. Right. Um, like me, like there's a lot of people here in Cleveland who are happy with it. And then there's a lot of people uh, yeah. that are not happy with it and, and it's okay. And yeah, as long as we're respectful of, you know, of that, it's going to be totally be okay. Yeah. And I, and, and a sort of segue. Um, so at the time we were working on this and we were designing the hats and I said, Oh, you know, like in minor league baseball, we have the minor league baseball logo that goes on the back of the hats and uh, in major league baseball, I have the major league baseball logo. Yeah. Um, I said, well, what are we going to put on the back? And they said, well, we have this logo from the, you know, the Roberto Clemente league. And um, it was a logo that I thought, wow, it's really busy and it would be, you know, it's going to make it, it's a lot. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know, I was, I don't know where I had the idea. I think on the trip, I was thinking about it was, I was like, man, you know, it'd be cool is if, if, uh, if the Roberto Clemente league uh, had a logo that felt uh, in the spirit of the minor league baseball logo, the major league baseball, and so uh, and one of the reasons that was important was so many players either played winter ball down in, in Puerto Rico or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have played in Puerto, the Puerto Rican uh, teams and moved up to Major League Baseball. Correct. And so there is a relationship between them that is not the same, but not unlike uh, minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, what if we could create a logo that felt like it was in the same vein of those? And I thought to myself, OK, well, what, what is... Um, if you look at the major league baseball logo, the minor league baseball logo, there's a player. Um, and there is a, um, uh, sort of patriotic colors and I thought, yep. you know, sort of, or, you know, uh, yeah. The red, white, so I thought, right. all right, 
oh, it was okay. So what if we had something that was with Puerto Rican colors and we had a player in there? And um, you know, what would make it with Puerto Rican? And man, the Puerto Ricans love their Puerto Rican flag. We it, do. I <laughs> we mean, do. people like like Puerto Ricans, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be this is blasphemous. Puerto Ricans love the Puerto Rican flag more than Texas love the Texans flag. <laughs> I mean, it is like there could be uh, you know, and I'm out here in California, we love our flag too. I don't it's we just we don't like man, Puerto Ricans love it. So I know oh, yeah. I somewhere I had this vision. I was looking at the flag. I was down in, in, in Puerto Rico. And I was like, hey, you know what? What if it was like a, a, what if it was like a player swinging a bat? And it was like, the bat was one of like the, the bars and the flag. And then, you know, the, the silhouette of the player was the, you know, the, the blue triangle. And then maybe the star was in there with a negative space somehow. I don't know. And, um, and I had that in my mind. And then later on, uh, and I forgot about it. And then we were trying to put something on the back of the hat. And I was like, Oh man, and I asked um, Jose, I said, you know, do you think the league would be open? He said, hold on, hold on. And so, uh, you know, a, a couple of texts through WhatsApp and everybody, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and everybody uh, came back and said, let's take a look at it. And so um, originally I had, a, you know, I, we had created this, it was a player swinging the bat. It was exactly what you thought. But, um, you know, I got, I got corrected very quickly uh, was like, it, it doesn't look like Roberto Clemente. And I was like, <laughs> that's right. I was like, well, what does that matter? And they're like, oh, that was like my, I was like stepping on the, on the, the wrong stone. <laughs> they said, no, no, you don't understand. Like, this is our, you know, icon, our, our Babe Ruth. Like, this is the, yep. the sort of the, mm-hmm. the namesake. And so um, we literally looked at hundreds of images of Roberto Clemente swinging a bat to get a position that both fit the triangle and, um, but also felt like Roberto Clemente because there were photos of Roberto Clemente that fit the triangle, but you just didn't, it didn't feel yeah. like, didn't feel like him. So that was a struggle. Um, and we, we finally got it in range. Um, and, uh, and so the league loved it. Um, and when they said, Let, we're going to use it, let's do it. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and there's a, there's a, there's a gold edition this year that has the 21 um, oh. in the Santurce uh, number font. Um, and it's um, 21. So uh, yeah, no, that was a fun project. It's crazy because that was like the most of all of, uh, it definitely got the most love from the design community um, than any other project we've worked on. Like any project in 20 years, everybody's like, oh man, this is like, you know, it's... and I don't, I, part of me thinks the it's because it was clever, you know, like mm-hmm. people love cl- clever logos, right? They're like, oh, can you make the blank look like a blank, right? Yeah. Anytime you make a blank look like a blank, people go, can you make an X look like a Y? Oh man, people <laughs> love that stuff. I don't know what it is, right? But oh, um, yeah. but people love that logo. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, Trash Pandas did $4 million in merchandise sales. We don't care. The, the, the Roberto Clemente League logo is the best. So um, I, I, I love the logo. It came out. It came out great. I'm really proud about it. Uh, I'm proud of it. Our team. I mean, it was a team effort. Um, so many folks worked on that, getting it right. Not just, you know, myself and the league, but um, our our design um, it's team. Beautiful. Just, it was. It was a group effort, and I'm so I'm glad that so many um, Puerto Ricans said you got it right. 
Oh, yeah, you most certainly did. As soon as it came out and then we saw the release, I, I, I immediately told my family and they're like, yo, that is, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, and you knew right away from looking at it, right? From looking at, at the uh, at the outline of the of the triangle that that was Clemente, right? Yeah. There. there was just no doubt about it. That's that's who he is. And it, it was, and yeah, it's been, it's been a hit. So congratulations uh, to you guys. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. Did I'm, an still, amazing I'm job. so happy. Awesome. So, and you guys have, obviously you guys work with many, many, one of them also here, uh, not too far, the uh, Akron Rubber Ducks, which is an amazing logo. Yeah. You know, when you think of like, you know, uh, of logos, you're like, oh, you know, Akron, you're like rubber and then rubber ducks. I'm like, duh. You know, yeah. so you guys, so the, the process is you guys immerse yourself in the city or wherever you're at and then just do go all out on research, huh? Yeah, yeah. We spent several days becoming honorary citizens. We meet with fans, community leaders, uh, season ticket holders, staff. Um, we're trying to uncover the uh, the story of that community that people want to get behind, that people mm -hmm. can celebrate, makes them proud. Um, there are some things like we, you know, one of the things is we want to be able to create a an entire ballpark experience. Like you would go to Disney mm -hmm. and you step into Frontierland, you're in the Wild West. Like, right. what would it be like to step into Akron Land? Like, what mm -hmm. what would that look like? We're kind of creating a whole experience from the mascots to the you know the name of the team store, the kids club. So we're really thinking about the whole experience. So um, I remember we were in uh, in Hartford, and um, one of the names was the uh, uh, the mantis, which was the uh, the praying mantis was the state, I think, insect. Of, really, uh, Connecticut. But we were like, oh, it's like a stick bug. We could have a stick bat. It would be old school. It'd be like, this would be amazing. Right. And then we were like, well, how do we create a whole experience around the praying mantis? Right. Like, you know, it's like the, <laughs> the kids club going to be called the larva. Like, what, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, what are we going to do in this thing? So sometimes you have great names that, um, you it know, just doesn't, you, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't connect. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, like you were saying, uh, the trash pandas is, it was, it was great, you know, cause it, it really was the pizza rats. When you guys came out with that one, yeah. that one was great. Too bad is gone because I mean, yeah. it, was, it was such a good, you know, for merchandising is, it, it was great. I, 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 there are some out there that I wish they would be back, you know, diamond jacks, you guys, that your first one, you know, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish some of them would be, would be back. Which one is one that you wish, you know, uh, as a designer that you guys spend so much time on, you guys wish oh, would, they would bring back. That's a great question. I love the pizza rats. Yeah, I really do. I know, like, I know how, you know, I know that was like, there's a lot of like, um, Oh, back and forth about it. And, and it was definitely a polarizing brand, but, mm -hmm. um, I love what I love about the pizza rats is I, it was, um, it was truly pure minor league fun. Oh yeah. Um, that was connected with the New York Yankees in a, in a way, definitely connected to New York, to New York city. There was, it was so many elements. There was like the New York element. There was the pizza element. There was the Yankees pinstripes. There was the, um, even the fonts felt like, um, New York Harbor, like fonts, the pizza mm -hmm. rat script felt like it was the, you know, the pizza box. Everybody, every, I don't know if everybody knew, but like whenever you bought pizza rats merchandise, it was delivered in a pizza box. It was amazing. And we had fresh ground, uh, 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 red pepper, crushed red pepper. We had Parmesan cheese packets in it that you would get. I mean, it was like, it was an experience and, um, we That's wanted awesome. to, 
we wanted to create the hat that is a New Yorker. Like if you, if you didn't own a Yankees or a Mets hat or, you know, whatever, like we wanted it to be like New York's minor league baseball team. And how do you have fun with it? And how do you like own, like we could own pizza. Like nobody had owned pizza at that time. Yeah. Like from a, from a, like we could own it. You know, New York should own pizza. Absolutely. And, um, and if you want it, listen, if you, if you were like, I don't know how I feel about like the, you know, putting the, like the, the rat on my hat. Mm. Great. We had the subway token version where it was the NYC, but the Y was a, was a, a slice with like the bite taken out of the back. How, you know, like a, yeah. a respectable New Yorker would like eat a, you know, eat a slice. Um, so there was so logo. much um, that was into that. You know, I know, you know, I know it was, you know, like I said, it was polarizing and everybody had their opinion about it, but um, from a, it was infused with oh, story. Yeah. It was infused with story. And I wish I, well, that one would be back. I, I really do. I, I, I'm with you there. I think one of these days, the new team there, they should bring it back just for a heck of it because it's, it's amazing. If they can, yeah, obviously, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So we're at that part of, the, uh, of my podcast where we are going to go over our, my famous, not so famous questions. Love um, it. All right. Are you ready, my friend? Let's do it. Famous, not so famous with Jason Klein. There you go. I love it. Okay. So first thing I'm going to ask is when you go to a ballpark, what is the, your snack of choice or your beer or drink of choice? Oh, that's a good question. I go straight for, um, I usually get two hot dogs. I don't want to wait in line more than uh, once. <laughs> um, good, smart. And I usually go whatever like the, like the sort of um, economy hot dog is, I go yeah. one step up. So I want like the, if it's a jumbo dog, great. Um, I go uh, ketchup, mustard, relish, onions. Um, and I usually nice. get, uh, I'll either get, uh, uh, I usually get a beer. Um, oh gosh. It, I mean, if it's, if, if it's in San Diego, San Diego's got great craft brew um, everywhere. You, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's easier to get craft brew here than it is to get, um, you know, sort of the staples. You know, I'll get like, I, I don't know, like usually it's like they have Bud Light. Um, I am also a um, Dr. Pepper addict. So if they have Dr. Pepper um, and I'm not feeling like I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, whatever the, I'm just right. not feeling like a beer and they have Dr. Pepper, um, Dr. it's going to be Dr. Pepper or, or some light beer. I, mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I just like, I go classic. Love it. I like it. Um, and hot dogs is great. I mean, you can't go wrong with a hot dog. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. your phone, what is the most used emoji that you use? <laughs> Man, this is great. Uh, hold on here. Uh, my most used emoji. Let me pull it up here. Hold on here. Uh, emoji. My most used emoji is um, the laugh out loud with the tears. Yes, that's a good one. That's, I use that one a lot. I yes, use that, that my, one a lot. That's my mo most used is laugh out loud with the tears. Um. So, um, favorite board game, favorite board game. Ooh, I played a lot of risk back in the day. Wow. Okay. Risk, Good. man. Uh, it's kind of old school, uh, risk. Yeah. Risk. Got risk. I'll play, I'll play chess too, but I let me, I love risk. I like it. I like it. Um, okay. Uh, friends or Seinfeld Seinfeld hands down. Really? Yeah, you're, Seinfeld, you're one, of, 100%. one of the few ones that have said uh, Seinfeld. Ah, oh, I must yeah. be dating myself. No, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, like not it. even like what percent friends? Zero. <laughs> I mean, Friends is a good show. I like, I, you know, like I'm surrounded by people that like Friends. I get it. I know that I know there's a Friends there's a, thing. There's a show for everybody. 
There's a show for everybody. Seinfeld is like, if there's nothing on, like, uh, I don't want to watch anything. It's like, oh, Seinfeld's on? Hands down, it's on. Here we go. Immediately, yeah. Uh, What is the dumbest way that you've been injured? The dumbest way I've been injured? Yeah, any kind of injury, the dumbest way that you've been injured. (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, these are great. These are really good questions. Um, the dumbest way I've been injured. Um, I picked up a 10 pound uh, dumbbell, pull my back. Yeah. I've, I've, I've pulled some stuff at the gym before that was dumb. Like, I was like, like, that was dumb. Like, like really a 10 pound away. Really? I just literally just picked it up and I got, and I pulled my back. Really? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really like i I'm going to be like really like uh, over the top. Like I, I get nervous and I bite my fingernails. I've, I've injured myself doing that. And that's really <laughs> dumb. That's stupid. I like, Hey, there's I, that's a dumb way of like doing it. Myself. Yeah. That's something I wish I, I didn't do, but yeah, I've done it. I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> um, okay. Um, what is the best Wi-Fi name that you've seen? <laughs> um, definitely not G rated. Um, that I could say on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but I always, um, yeah, yeah, this, like, these questions, these are really good. Um, I, I'm always fascinated by um, the, uh, the Yahoo out there that decides to put some sort of like not appropriate uh, right. Wi Fi wi- <laughs> account on it. Because you're going through, it's like, you know, Netgear 3791. All these and long you numbers. have like, um, you know, free Cox Wi-Fi or free airport <laughs> yes. Wi-Fi. And then, you know, everybody's looking for Wi-Fi. And, but the problem is, you know, that like, then some Yahoo's got to screw it up. And you don't know who they are because it's just, you know, a radio wave. You don't know where they're at. And they got to put it out there and, you know. And then they I gotta, just want to know, mess with people and that's okay. They don't. And I, and I got to have a conversation with my kids. That I do not want to have. Like, <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. I'm with, I'm like, to I'm all with you people out there putting those like, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to leave it there because you're totally right. You know, and then, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, do you think aliens exist? Do I think aliens exist? Uh, okay, I definitely believe that there is life out there uh, outside of Earth other than us. Like it just, uh, it just yeah. gotta, it's gotta be right. There, like, there has to be right. There has to be. There has to be life. You know, cannot just bacteria. be alone on this whole. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, they're gonna like, like, oh, there, there was, there was water once on whatever planet. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be like, okay, whatever. So, um, uh intelligent life i think there can't not be good Um, answer i gotta believe they would find us first i can't (laughs) believe i can't believe for as big as we are because the you know outer space is that um that we are the most intelligent like that seems so arrogant like there's gotta be something else you know, whether it's, you know, the world, the universe is so big that this hadn't got here yet. I can't believe we are the most intelligent species, but also like it may be, Hey, yeah, they're like gazillion. They're like multi-million life years away and they don't have the, you know, the ability to get to us like that. That's conceivable to me. I, can I, don't, see that. I don't think, I can't believe that we are the most intelligent 
or developed. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Right. I'm with you there. Uh, okay. Um, first celebrity crush. Ooh, first celebrity crush. <laughs> oh man. I, I have to look this up. Um, there was, um, oh man, what was the, uh, uh, there was like a TV show on, it was like Sunday afternoons. Um, <laughs> it was like, it wasn't like a, it was like a, it was like a, it was not Xena warrior princess, but it was like a, when it wasn't Conan, there was another dude, Sorbo. Who was that? Um, oh, uh, oh, oh, um, Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. Yeah. There was some woman on Hercules. Uh, oh gosh, you know you're gonna. You're, this is you're gonna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta Google it. We gotta Google it now. Hercules. Oh, oh man, God. I don't know. There was some woman uh, on. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Hercules. We're cycling through. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Let's see. I'm trying to find out now too as well. Because uh, Lucy Lawless was in it as well. Yeah, no, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. She was like, uh... oh, wow, gosh. Okay, <laughs> so it's like, you know, man, this is, this is some questions right here. Okay, yeah, it was like, it was Kevin Sorbo, and there was like a Hercules show on. And uh, yeah, young Jason Klein was like, man, that, that girl on that show, who is it? Oh my god! I, I can't. Know. I just saw this in it, and I'm I'm looking at it. And I cannot believe what's his name was in this show. Um. Oh my god. Um. Well, obviously he he uh, Sorbo was in it, but this kid uh, who's you know famous now who is in that what was that? See now I'm drawing a blank because you know yeah we we're trying to go for it. Oh my god! I'm gonna draw a blank. Okay, so uh, definitely um uh uh. uh uh, I don't know. It was, um, yeah, there was no, a, um, I'm going to look for it and then I'm going to put it up the picture when I see it. Cause I can't, I'm going to remember now. Wow. <laughs> Excuse me. I, this is like really like, first of all, like I, this is my earliest, <laughs> this is my earliest memory. Um, yeah, this is my earliest memory. I don't know. Uh, uh, uh yeah. The audience is like, just get with it. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care what her name was. We don't care. Um, oh, but, right. um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was Hercules. There was like it was Kevin Sorbo. And mm -hmm. th there was there was some woman on the show. And it was like, oh, man, I, I, I got a crush on this. I don't know. who I, she, I'm with you it. Know. I, I'm with but, it on um, that one. Definitely in high school. Um, it was Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. Unless, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, all right. I'm with you there. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, let's see. I was going to ask you name a Spanish, you know, say something in, you know, Spanish word, but you've obviously you've done plenty of that. So I'm going to go ahead and skip over that one. Okay. Um, it's strangest. The, I'll give you the last one here, my friend. Uh, strangest thing that you've ever eaten. Takoyaki. I'm sorry. What? Takoyaki in uh, Japan. We did a project for um, Sunichi Hoshino, who was like the godfather of baseball in Japan. Okay. We were doing a logo for uh, Sunichi Hoshino. So we go to, um, uh, we go to uh, Osaka and we go to Tokyo and we went to, um, yeah, 
yeah, we went to, we went to Osaka and we, uh, takoyaki is, um, I'm sure listeners know what the takoyaki is. It's like octopus donuts. And it was like, wow. it was just not my jam. No, no, I, I'm, uh, I, I try, I love, yeah, it was just not my jam. You'll try one thing, something once, but then after that, yeah. we're done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm totally not now. No. Yeah. Anything yeah. squid or octopus. I'm, I'm okay without. So I'll yeah, pass yeah. on that. It was, um, uh, yeah, that was just not my jam. I, you know, I mean, to, to everybody's got their own thing. Like I, some people might be like, man, takoyaki. Casey loves takoyaki. He's like, oh God, I love takoyaki. Just wasn't my jam. I just, yeah, I'm Nothing sorry. wrong with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. Hey, again, thank you so much uh, for doing this. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun, my friend. Um, so uh, where can uh, people find your work on, on social media? Just a ticket. It'll be Brandios on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Brandios.com. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I'll Radio put the links. Com. I'll put the links on everything when I do release the uh, the episode, so that way everybody can uh, go. Uh, make sure you guys are following Brandios because they are putting some good work out there, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. Um, and uh, man, great questions. This was this was fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Jason Klein. I mean, come on now, right? Brandios is one of the top branding companies out there when it comes to the minor leagues. And also, don't forget, they are doing some work with the United Soccer League, uh, Tormenta FC, FC Juarez, El Paso Locomotives. You know, I mean, they got some cool logos out there for soccer as well. So don't forget that work that they're doing, okay? Um, and then before I go, guys, you guys already know, okay? Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. That way you guys are always and then all when a new episode drops okay as well as make sure that you guys are giving it five stars five stars means i go up on the rankings up on the rankings mean more people get to uh, listen to this just like you guys are okay as always guys keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna DiTomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at, at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.